You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 10. Yeah, we made it to 10. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Me too. Um, Change it up a little bit on this one. Yeah. Because you know this story. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is a huge uh, celebrity story mm-hmm. of an NFL player. And me being an NFL fan, I remember... When it all went down. And, and, uh. It's crazy to think this didn't happen that long ago, even though it kind of seems like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, we watched a Netflix documentary called Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez. So I totally recommend watching this documentary. It's very interesting. So we're going to talk about the Aaron Hernandez story today. Yes. Sad and surprising. Yeah. It's yeah, a lot of things I didn't uh, I didn't know. Anyway, so yeah, let's let's get into it. So let's go. Aaron Hernandez was born on November sixth, nineteen eighty nine, in Bristol, Connecticut. His parents were Dennis Hernandez and Terry Val- Valentine 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 Hernandez, and they got married in nineteen eighty six, three years prior to having Aaron. Aaron also had an older brother named after his father, Dennis Jonathan Jr., but he went by DJ. Dennis and Terry fought a lot as Aaron and DJ grew up. Even uh, He even remembers his mom throwing his father out of the house many times, but obviously he'd always come back. The marriage was not good. But they, uh, yeah, they ended up getting a divorce in 1991, but got remarried in 1996. Dennis worked as a janitor, and everyone called him the king. He was also a football player playing at the University of Connecticut and the University of Florida. And he really pushed his two sons to play, like to excel in sports and everything. Growing up, Dennis was very abusive towards his wife, like I was saying, and his two sons. Uh, Aaron and his older brother, DJ, they lived in fear just being around their father. And they also admired and looked to him, you know, looked up to him, like just as much as they feared him almost, it seems like. Aaron went to Bristol Central High School, playing on the Bristol Rams football team, playing as a wide receiver, then a tight end, tight end, and he also played def- defense end. I don't know what any of that means. Tight end and defensive end. Well, he was in high school at the age of 16. On January 6th, 2006, Aaron's father went in for a hernia surgery, but there were some complications and he ended up passing away. And this took a huge toll on Aaron. Uh, he took, you know, he took his father's death extremely hard. He started acting out more and his relationship with his mom started to deteriorate like crazy. Um, after Dennis had died, Terry, his mother, uh, was, he was, she was already having an affair with a man named Jeff Cummings. Um, but they did end up starting a relationship and he moved into the house. I just can't imagine. So fast. 16, and just, yeah. 16. Your father dying so fast, like you're saying, and then like and then so fast she like gets this boyfriend and moves in. Like even on the documentary, um, a friend of his that he played football with, his father was like stating like, "Can you imagine 
waking up one morning and seeing another man making breakfast like in your house like yeah. where your dad's supposed to be like that I don't I would be infuriated too so yeah Aaron was pissed and wasn't he the like the ex-husband of Aaron's cousin yes that's right yeah Aaron's cousin uh, Tanya I believe which I'm going to talk about her a little later yeah that was her husband and ex-husband now ex-husband yeah. because yeah but they were married at the time I believe when they were you know having the affair with Terry and that's and him. Weird. And then, yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah. So that's technically what your niece's husband that you're dating now. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Weird, weird. So yeah. Th so that was a huge reason why he hated his mom and their relationship was deteriorating. So he ended up moving in. Like we were talking about uh, his older cousin, Tanya Singleton. He ended up moving in with her cause he just couldn't stand being around his mom a lot, but he got in a lot of trouble over there. So when it came to football, Aaron was just killing it. And I don't know what, like, the yards, all this stuff, but Aaron got uh, 1,807 receiving yards and 24 touchdowns while playing high school football, resulting in the state record. Damn. He set the record for receiving yards in a single game with 376, making it the seventh best in national school history. He also set the national high school record for receiving 108 180.7 yards per game. By the time Aaron was a senior in high school, he was 6'2", and he was the hardest working player on the team. During a game in 2006, Hernandez was hit so hard in the head that he got knocked out, and he was actually taken off the field in an ambulance. Anyways, he met his girlfriend, Shayana Jenkins, in high school, and later on, uh, she would become his fiance, and they had a baby girl together. Uh, they actually knew each other since elementary school, though. And uh, after, so, uh, you know, going back to um, after high school, Aaron was set on going to the University of Connecticut with his brother DJ because he also played football, but decided to go to the University of Florida. On top of all his schoolwork and everything, Aaron was putting in 40 to 60 hours a week into football. That's so crazy. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that in high school. Aaron was a junior in 2009, and he had won the John Mackey Award for being the nation's best tight end for leading his team in receptions with 68 for 150 yards and five touchdowns. So Aaron decided on January 6th of 2010 that he was going to skip his senior year and enter the draft. He did go to the NFL scouting combine, 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 but he had torn a muscle and he could not perform. On March 17th, 2010, Aaron played at Florida's Pro Day, and he killed it over there, too. And um, Yeah, they really liked him. And then on April 23rd, 2010, Aaron was eventually selected in the fourth round of the 2010 NFL Draft and was drafted by the New England Patriots. And what you're telling me, the fourth round isn't so good, is it? Not when you're, like, leading in all those yards and everything. Um, they said uh, in the documentary that he got drafted in the fourth round because he failed some drug tests. That's right, yeah. <sighs> he kept failing drug tests. He claims it was one, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. I also read that a lot of his uh, the teams just like didn't want him because he was, quote, a problem. I'm yeah, that's what he was kind of labeled. And, but uh, the Patriots picked him up in the fourth round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so it was on June 8th of 2010 that the Patriots signed Aaron to a four-year contract for two point three seven million dollars and that also included a two hundred thousand dollar signing bonus yep i've never heard about that until there's I was always a signing bonus in sports Re like that really yeah not just in football no oh, i've never heard of that that's so crazy um some of them are quite larger 
Oh, really? Yeah. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. Um, actually, yeah, I think I wrote that later on in something else, but I'll get that get to that um something crazy also i read so at this at this time when he was getting signed and everything his mother was already married to jeff cummings tanya's you know his older cousin tanya's ex-husband now so terry actually this is just a little side note um terry actually ran to a neighbor's house to call the cops after jeff was highly intoxicated and he took an eight inch knife blade and he held terry down during an argument and he cut a 3.1 inch laceration on her right cheek they don't say that in the documentary, but I read that somewhere else. I was like, what the hell? Like, this guy is such a piece of shit. Um, he was arrested. To ver- uh, Terry divorced him while he was in jail. But reportedly, I think they got back together because in the documentary, she's, you know, she's seen a lot with him. Um, yeah, this guy was a monster. He had a long, violent criminal past. Prior to cutting Terry's face, he was arrested for domestic violence where he beat up an ex-girlfriend and another woman, and he, quote, stepped on a four-year-old and threw a 10-year-old child against a wall. Damn, what like, a piece of shit. Seriously. Fuck. So on the night of July 16th of 2012, Alex, Alexander and um, Aaron were at, a, like, a, I don't know, like a club, I guess, right? Yep. It was a bar, a club. They were there, and, you know, they're partying, doing whatever, and there's these two guys. One guy's name is uh, Daniel. And the other one is Sapphiro, Sapphiro. Um, and they were at the club too. And supposedly they spilled a drink on, you know, on Aaron, right? And he's, there's video of him going out of the club and he's pissed off, it seems like. And then is that when Alexander, Alex tells, Brandler, his friend, that yeah. guy, Bradley? When he got shot? Yeah, what no, happened after that? No. So they, Aaron finally saw those guys come out and they okay. got in the car, mm-hmm. that forerunner. Silver Forerunner, and they chased him down, and he called at them. They didn't pay attention, so he called him twice, and then he pulled out a gun and shot both of them. That's right, and then they died in the car right there. So then later on, Aaron Hernandez was getting super paranoid, super paranoid. Oh, that's when he was in his house with his gun or something? Yeah, and he got, that's when they were out one night, and Alex mentioned, like, you're so paranoid because you shot those guys, or he said, because you fucked up. Yeah. And then that's when he put the gun in his face and shot him, yep. thinking he was going to kill him. It was like the next day or something. I'm not yes, too sure. that's right. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So thank you for clarifying. It. Yeah. So then, yeah. And then we're going to go back to, I already said this, but um, on August 27th, about, you know, a month after that whole incident. So supposedly he already killed people and he's getting signed to, he got um, uh, extended they extended his contract and they signed him for a five-year, $40 million contract with a $12.5 million signing bonus, which was the largest signing bonus ever received by a tight end. That's insane. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, never, the cops never got involved. And I'm assuming that's because, you know, he just... I know he went to court later on, but at the time he didn't go to the cops when he got shot in the face and everything. He didn't want to admit yeah, who it was because he was he getting interviewed revenge. by one of the cops in the hospital and yeah. he wouldn't tell nope. anyone. And it's because Alex wanted revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which made Aaron Hernandez even more paranoid. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. <laughs> so on June 17th, 2013, the body of Odin Lloyd was found in an industrial park in North Attleboro, uh, Massachusetts. I believe it was Massachusetts, which was close to Aaron's home. Odin was also a semi-pro football player and the boyfriend of Shayana's, who is Aaron's fiance. That's the her sister's boyfriend. Um, 
Yeah, he was actually shot execution style, I believe. I think he was shot like three times, something like that. On the next day, um, June 18th, 2013, police actually searched Aaron's home. On the 21st, police found video of Odin and Aaron together on the night of that murder, like we were talking about. And then it was on the 22nd of June that uh, Alexander did end up filing a civil suit against Aaron. So on the 23rd, Aaron's home was searched again, but this time they came with dogs to help with the search, and it took them four hours to search his home. Three days later, on the 26th, Aaron was arrested at his home in North Attleboro, uh, where he was charged with the murder of Odin. And hours later, the Patriots released him from the team. Aaron was um, arrested with his, you know, I'm assuming he had no shirt on and they just arrested him and then they put a shirt on over his arm. So his arms aren't like out of the shirt, but, you know, they're behind his back. And everyone started calling this Hernandizing. It was like a big thing. There's like they called it what? Hernandizing. 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 <laughs> Hernandizing. <laughs> Hernandizing. And yeah, a bunch of people would take like pictures of like pretending like they're Aaron Hernandez with their hands behind their back and their shirt over, you know, over there without their arms through the holes. <laughs> um, so when police arrested him, they also found that he had destroyed his phone, all the surveillance footage from around his house. He was charged with first degree murder uh, for the death of Odin. He did plead not guilty, but on the 15th of April of 2015, he was found he was found guilty for first murder, first degree murder, and Aaron got life without parole. So they ended up found, finding out that Aaron had rented a car, and there's two other people with him, Ernest Wallace and Carlos Ortiz, and they helped with the murder of Odin. I believe one of them came out and confessed or something. I think in the documentary they said that. So they found, investigators found tire tracks that belonged to the rental car that Aaron had rented at the crime scene, along with footprints and one shell casing that matched uh, one from the scene. Oh, like I said, yeah, one of the men also turned himself in, confessing what they did. Then on February 24th of 2017, Aaron goes on trial for the murders of the two that were, you know, shot. Yeah, they were shot in the drive-by. Aaron was acquitted of those murders, though. The reason he was even thought to be involved because, uh, for whatever reason, Tanya's house, they actually found, oh, that's right, at Tanya's house, they found that silver Toyota, and that's why they... Well, know. they were searching for evidence of Odin's murder. Yes. They found that car and took it in. In her right. garage, and it hasn't been moved for two years. That's right. There's, like, spider webs on it and stuff like that. So, yeah, they took it in. Uh, Aaron... How was is he acquitted for that? In the prison. I don't if know. If they find the car that was involved in Aaron's... I guess they didn't have enough evidence. and That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I remember also... Remember in the documentary, there was, like... Like, a lot more women on the jury than there are men. And one of the women's like, Oh, my God, he's so gorgeous. And they were, like, joking, like, Oh, we need more women on the on on the juries and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Yeah. But I just... I Which was jury assuming, was that a part of? Odin's or... I don't know. I, I oh, think... Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Odin's, actually. I could be wrong. I think it was Odin's. Because that one lawyer that got him acquitted of... Oh, no, yeah. He was a lawyer that got him acquitted of it. I talk about it later. Let me get it back into it. So he was at prison at the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center in Shirley, Massachusetts. But unfortunately, on April 19th, 2017, Aaron was found hanging by a bedsheet in his cell. And he was pronounced dead a little after 4 a.m. And he was only 27 years old. Aaron did suffer, like a lot of football players do, from CTE, chronic traumatic 
encephalopathy, which is a degenerative brain disease. I found it interesting because I'm learning about that in school right now. <laughs> so it's very, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm actually going to post a picture of uh, his brain compared to like a normal 27-year-old brain on social media. So check that out at Gruesome and Unnatural. Family members of Aaron's did agree to let authorities keep his brain for studies based on CTE. After his death, bro um, Aaron's brother actually came out and said that Aaron was uh, sexually molested as a child at like six years old. I guess he was at a babysitter's house and there was a teenager that lived there or whatever. And he like molested him and uh, the boy made Aaron perform like oral sex on him. And also remember um, his friend that I talked about, they, he talked about figuring out their sexuality together and stuff like that. But I know they didn't want to come out to both their dads because they were, I mean, the one kid's dad actually said yeah, he was homophobic and, you know, he didn't want to hear that his son's gay. So he never mentioned it to his father and never mentioned it to his father just because they probably thought they were going to like disown them or something. So, yeah, there was actually a reporter that came out two days before Aaron, I think, killed himself two or three days before and was, like, talking about how um, he might be gay and all this stuff. So I wonder if that had to contribute to him. His suicide? His suicide, yeah. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. A side note. Uh, Jose Boise. He was a, Aaron's attorney. And he was the same attorney for Casey Anthony, actually. Yeah, we were talking about earlier. That was um, Odin's... Uh, uh, whole case when uh, that woman had said, oh, Orange, Aaron's so gorgeous and him and his attorney laugh and they're like, oh, we need more women on the jury. I was just like, almost like, is I, is he guilty and you need more women so you can get him acquitted? Like, that was really weird, but... More so, that's how lawyers play the game. No, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also in the documentary, remember, they were talking about his tattoos and how they might, like, think that that was some kind of confession or something. Like, there was one tattoo that said, God forgives. Uh, there's another tattoo of a, the chamber of a revolver, and I believe there was five bullets missing. And the pro prosecutor said that the two deaths that he was acquitted for were shot five times. And there's also one spent shell casing on his uh, one of his tattoos also that might be related to Odin's death, you know, because... There was that one spent shell casing that they found in the vehicle. But who knows? That's just something they said. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty interesting to think about. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the story of Aaron Hernandez and the death of Odin and of Daniel and Sapphiro. So, yeah, that's a crazy story about an NFL player that murdered people or just had a crazy, crazy life. Only 27 years old when he dies. But you had everything. Yeah, seriously. Making it to the the NFL and then throwing it all away and destroying people's lives. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was a great football player when you watch all that stuff, but all the documentaries and everything, but yeah, it's really sad, sad for all those families involved, but yeah, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, make sure you follow us on gruesome and the natural on all social medias and rate review, do all that fun stuff. And we appreciate you guys listening and until next Monday, you guys. See you later. See you later. Stay safe and be aware.